friends, if you could make your way back to your chair, that would be fantastic. Good morning. So fun to be with you. Hey, uh, I am so excited that The Loft is getting to host us this morning. Hey, listen to this. This is really, this is really big news that you need to hear this morning. And one thing that uh, they forgot to tell you, but we definitely wanted to let you know about. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The Loft is paid for. We have paid that sucker off. And so... We are so excited. That got paid off just at the tail end of last year. And so it is such good news that that thing is free and clear. And now we will turn our attention to this place. And so that is just praise God because he has done the impossible. And so thank you for the generosity and your continued uh, faithfulness and and giving to the mission and vision of this place. And so I just wanted to tell you about that. That's super exciting. And so if you were not here last week, I wanted to, I want to catch you up on what we talked about. We said that yes. This time of year is a time of year where a lot of us give our yeses to a lot of different things. Like we make resolutions, we set plans, we give visions, we say things like, this is the year that I'm going to get out of debt. This is the year I'm going to get back in shape. This is the year I'm going to take my vacation time and plan a vacation. All those things are really good. But yet the most important yes that we can say yes to right now is our yes back to God that God gets your next best yes. We said last week, what if God's best for you was on the other side of your yes? What would it look like for us to be people that say yes to God and then order our lives around that rather than letting life happen and trying to sneak our yes in whenever it can fit in? What would it look like if God's best for you was on the other side of your yes? Now, I want to hit pause on that idea just for a second because I realize that as I'm talking about that, like how do you say yes to God? There's a big gap with that reality for, for many of us because the truth is if you're going to say yes to God, how do you actually begin to know that it's him? How do you actually begin to hear his voice in your life? If you are a middle school or a high school student here um, and you are not going on Wednesday nights, you're really missing out. It is fantastic. Last semester, you know what? That Jason had his students write the top things that they wondered about, top questions that they were wrestling with as middle school and high school students. And you know what number one was? How do you hear from God? How do you begin to discern God's voice in your life? And that is not, can we be real vulnerable and honest? That's not for middle school and high school students. That's for all of us, period. How do you begin to discern God's voice in your life? John 10, 27 says this. Listen to this. My sheep hear my voice and they know and I know them. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. Let's watch. It's powerful. Um, there's two promises found in John 10, 27. My sheep can hear my voice and I know them. Go to the next slide. There's just in this short verse right here, there are two promises. Y'all, there's two promises for you this morning, straight out of God's heart. One, that he will speak to you. That Jesus will speak to you. And two, you can hear 
his voice. That Jesus will speak to you and that you can hear his voice. Now stop it just for a second. Just stop, your, stop being uh, the Sunday school church answer. But that's pretty spectacular. That's pretty astounding that God himself has something to say. And he has something to say to you. And he has designed you and crafted you in such a way that you can hear his voice. Just a couple of chapters later, do you know what it says? Look at what it says in John um, 16. It says this, I have so much more to say to you, but you can't even handle how much I want to say to you. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he, what he will make known to you. Jesus himself, a couple chapters later says, listen, I have so much to tell you. You can't even handle all of the things I want to say to you. Over and over and over again in the scriptures, Jesus, Paul, the disciples make one thing known over and over and over again that Jesus can speak and you can hear his voice. Now, let me be clear. For a lot of years, I mean, I believed that this was true. I believed like, like out there, Jesus can speak. But yet there is a deeper reality inside of me that I had to figure out I had to study, I had to memorize, I had to apply scripture in my life. So there, there's this gap uh, between him speaking and my ability to reason out what God was saying to me. And there came this moment where these two worlds collided and one of them has to go. And this one had to go. There's a promise for you this morning, a promise in scripture that Jesus speaks and you are created to hear his voice. Now listen, if you are going to be the type of person that says yes back to God, if you're going to give your next best yes to God, you have to begin to discern that it's his voice that is speaking to you. Now, let's address the elephant in the room this morning. Um, because throughout the course of history, there have been a lot of crazy people that have said, I hear God's voice and done horrible things in the name of Jesus that have nothing to do, that resemble nothing about his heart or his nature or his character whatsoever. We have to address that that is a reality that you have seen, that you've experienced, that you've heard. Why? And also, if that's, a, if that's kind of our history, you've bumped, up to it, you've bumped into it as well where you have bumped up to people that are saying things like, no, I've heard from God. And yet what they're saying and their actions feel very destructive and painful and somehow off. And we have to begin to admit that. We have to say that it is important for us to begin to discern his voice because a lot of people will say they are hearing from God and it has nothing to do with him. And so this morning, I want us to look at how do you begin to discern 
God's voice in your life? How do you begin to discern that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you um, and that you can be confident that you are hearing correctly straight out of God's heart? Now listen, there, there is no better Sunday for you to come. This is foundational for everybody. Middle school, high school student, I don't care. Everybody, this is utterly foundational that we understand how to discern the voice of God in our life. This is um, 101. We cannot move forward without this. Without you feeling confident, I, if Jesus speaks, I can hear and I am his sheep and I can discern his voice in my life. We can't go forward without this. And so God has given us some tools and some understandings for us to discern his voice. And like it says, number one, how do you begin to discern the voice of, that, of the Holy Spirit inside of you? It is always going to align with Scripture. Always. The voice of God will always align with Scripture. Second Timothy says this. All scripture is God-breathed, meaning that God has spoken through his scripture and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness. Here's the big part. So that the people of God, the servants of God, may be built up and equipped for the good works that he has planned for you. Listen, every time that God speaks, it will always align with scripture. God will never say anything to you outside of the bounds of what he's revealed in his word. You can be confident that you are hearing from the Holy Spirit if it is an overflow, if it is coming out of what you've read in scripture. You can be confident that you are hearing his voice. If you're, if it cannot be found in Scripture, and it cannot be um, traced back to Scripture, it's probably not God's voice in your life. Scripture is this immovable point of reference for the believers, for those that are followers of Jesus Christ, that we can keep going back to, to align our lives around. And listen, every good dad, um, I can say this because I'm a dad, every good dad wants to speak to their children. He wants their children to be able to hear his voice. And the voice of God, the echo of God for us is found in the scriptures, is found in God's word. And so number one, how do you begin to discern that the Holy Spirit is talking to you? It will always be rooted in scripture. It will always align with scripture. Number two says this, it will always align with the character of God. Psalms 108 says this, the Lord is compassionate and he's gracious and he's slow to anger and he's abounding in love. He's abounding in love. Is that who you expect to hear from? A God that is gracious and he's tender and he's abounding with love for you. You can be confident that you are hearing from God if it aligns with his character and with his nature as revealed in scripture. This is why it is essential that you and I are people that are just 
eating the scripture, memorizing the scripture, getting it in us in our lives because it reveals the heart and the nature of God. And so if you want to begin to discern how the Holy Spirit is talking, you have to understand that it will always align, one, with the scriptures, and two, it will always align with his nature and character as found in the scriptures. And lastly, this is it. It will never be condemning. God's voice will never be condemning in your life. Now, come on. Here we go. Ready? We've been going through Romans. I'm counting on you. Eight. We've been going through Romans 8 for three weeks before this. Therefore, now, not later, now, right now, there is no... That's right. There's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. God's voice will never be condemning. It will be convicting, but it will never be convict, uh, condemning. And there's a distinction. There's a difference. Condemning is you've blown it. You've got to work harder. You're unfit for use, John. I cannot believe that you blew it again. You promised last time that the last time would be the last time. That's condemnation. Conviction is, oh man, you get up, boy. I've got something really good. Watch what I can do with your mistake when you place it in my hands because I've got something really, really good for you. I'm going to tell a good story, not about your failure, but about my faithfulness to you. That is conviction. God's voice will never, never be condemning for you. Listen, if it's critical, if it's harsh, if it's angry towards you, you can be sure that it is not the voice of God, that it, that is the enemy coming at you to attack you. And so listen, whenever you are beginning to discern the voice of God in your life, you run it through this filter. Does it align with scripture? Does it match up with his character? And is it condemning? We run it through that filter of right here. And so I put it up to the scriptures. I put it up next to his character. I put it up next to, is it, is it condemning? And then if they're still having a hard time discerning God's voice, then what do I do? I go to my, I go to my friends. Listen, we have a deeply, deeply, deeply personal faith, but it's not individualistic. And there's a difference. Deeply personal means that God wants to speak to you in your inner being, but you're not an island. You're not isolated. We are the body of Christ. And so if I'm having trouble discerning God's voice in my life, I go to Colton, I go to uh, Austin, I go to uh, one of my friends, I go to Jay, I go to David, I go to them and say, listen, am I hearing right? Like, does this sound like God's voice um, to you, because this is what I'm really sensing him telling me. And I'm telling you, there just used to be this place in my life where I believed that God did speak, but yet it was left up to me to figure it out. Where, listen, I spent lots of time in my quiet time studying, memorizing, even applying God's word to my life. And yet I did not know how to recognize him speaking from my inner being. And these two worlds have to collide. Have to. Or you can say it this way. When was the last time that God said something to you personally? Just personally. When was the last time God told you what he thought about you? What he thinks about you? About what he believes about you? Because Jesus says things like, I'm closer than your brother. 
Anybody ever, anybody have a brother? <laughs> anybody ever have to room with their brother? Uh, I have two girls and um, they don't have to share a room, but they share a room because they love it. And they're best friends. They get up together. They brush their teeth together. They pick out clothes together. They play together. They go to school together. They come home to school together. They have the same friends. They, I mean, they do everything together. And Jesus says, I'm closer than that. Like, like the way that Ryan knows Maggie and the way that Maggie knows Ryan, Jesus says there's an invitation for something even more. I know you even deeper, deeper than that. Now listen, Here, I want to show you this picture. Go to the next slide. Whenever we talk about um, discerning God's voice in our lives, and every time we like throw up a diagram, listen, it's going to ultimately fall short because you and I are very complex and um, very messy uh, inner workings of our lives. But I think this is actually really helpful for us when we discern God's voice in our lives. Um, so the top layer, we have a body. This is, the, this is what we talk about around here all of the time, that you and I are not bad people becoming good people. This is not a self-help thing, right? We, we have this body, and inside of our, this body, that God wants to come in and deposit his Holy Spirit inside of us. And so you go from dead to alive, not bad to good, but from dead to alive. He puts his Holy Spirit inside you, your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? That's what God does. There was the season, if you are a follower of Christ, where you were dead, and then he deposits his Holy Spirit inside of you, and you take your first breath right? This is the picture. And the soul is the mind, will, and emotions. And then the inner being is this thing inside of us that's really sensitive to God. Now, I think of myself when it comes to scripture and understanding my relationship with Jesus. I mean, I went to seminary. I don't know how helpful it was, but I went to seminary. I've taken Hebrew. I've taken Greek. I've studied hours upon hours. I've been to Israel multiple, multiple, multiple times. And so when I sat down to discern God's voice, most of the time I stayed kind of in that black realm way out there where if I had a thing that I was trying to discern or if there was a problem that needed to be solved, given enough time, I could reason it out. I could take the wisdom that I see in Scripture and I could uh, apply it to the circumstances or I could study long enough and see things in Scripture and apply those things to my life. And yet, that's very different than this core inside of you being sensitive to God. Do you see the, do you see the distinction there? Do you see how there is this us figuring things out and wrestling with things and God actually speaking to you in your inner being? Because here's the problem with us using just our intellect to reason something out. It limits the voice of God in your life because you are limited by your understanding and you're limited by, honestly, you. There's a whole lot of you and there's a little bit of God. And I think the invitation for God is, no, 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 no. This is always, it's not a you and you thing. It's a you and me thing. 
And so we want to hear from the voice of God in our life, in our inner beings. So why am I, why am I showing you this right now? Okay, here's the thing. Right now, I'm speaking to you, and this, this, may be, this, this may sound strange, but I'm putting thoughts inside of your head right now. That's scary for a lot of you that know me. Like, as I'm speaking to you, I am placing thoughts on this external layer, and I'm speaking to you. We do this. This is how we communicate all of the time. When you talk, you're influencing me. When I talk, I'm influencing you. And for some of us, as I'm teaching and as I'm explaining, there are things that are going to work its way down and inside of you right? From the outside in, there are things that are going to work its way down inside of you that will affect your mind, will, and emotions, that you hopefully will limp out of this place, that you will walk differently because of the things that you've experienced at church, because of the things that we've said together as a community. That's normal, and that's right, and that's how God has designed it. But there's something really, really different when it comes to discerning the voice of God. Most of us most of us hear from the outside in, letting influences speak to us, our circumstances speak to us. But what the Holy Spirit does is very different. The Holy Spirit loves to do something even more than that, not from the outside in, but from the inside up. The Holy Spirit wants to speak from your inner being, your inner man, your inner woman, from the inside in uh, the Bible, there's a word called naba. And naba in Hebrew actually means to bubble up. It's the bubbling up um, from the inner, inner working, the inner part of whatever it's talking about. It's a bubbling up of something. And every time the scripture uses this word naba in scripture, it refers to a strengthening, a steadying, and a revelation, an understanding, compassion, a heart, uh, um, kind of the, the inner workings of, of, a, of a person. And so what the Holy Spirit does is, the Holy Spirit is designed to naba up, to bubble up the voice of God in your life. It is designed so that you will bubble up the character and nature of who Jesus Christ is. The primary function, the primary role of the Holy Spirit is not to get you out of your circumstances. It's, it's not to make your life easy, to make your life better, to fix the things in your life. The primary role of the Holy Spirit in your life is to reveal the character and nature of Jesus Christ inside of you. I mean, can I get an amen? That's really good news this morning, right? That's good. Gosh, dang, what do I got to do? But the primary role of the Holy Spirit is to reveal the nature and character of Jesus inside of you, that it bubbles up inside of you, that you are discerning that inside of, in, in, the, in your inner being. Now, I'm going to say something that's probably going to get me in trouble and it's going to agitate a lot of us. The vast majority of people in church, and I can say this because this was me for a lot, a lot of years, a lot of years, 95% of my life, the vast majority of people in church the, not just Riverside, but Christians in the United States, those that call themselves followers of Jesus, settle for something so significantly less. We, have, we settle for something that's really a stripped-down, neutered version of what, of what Jesus offers. We settle, you're going to get mad, we settle, don't amen me yet, we settle for 
a presence-driven relationship. We want God's presence in our lives. Here's what that looks like. God, my marriage is falling apart. Would you be with me right now so that I can walk through this part of my journey? God, my, fa- my finances are a mess. I don't have a job. What are you, how are you ever, God, be with me right now and, so you can walk me through this circumstance in my life. Like presence-driven, uh, if your relationship is marked by presence-driven, what you are actually doing is always chasing something down the road. Does that make sense? It's what you see in the Older Testament. It's where the people of God are doing what? Following a pillar by day and a fire at night. They are, they are following the, the presence of God. It's the picking up of the tabernacle and moving it. And people of God are following the presence of God. Listen, I'm affirming that. I believe it. I think it's important. And that's half of the equation. The other half of the equation is not that you are, we are presence-driven people, but you, you are actually hosting the presence of Jesus inside of you. And that's really different. Most of us settle for, God, get me out of this. Be with me in this circumstance. I'm really tired. I'm hurting. Get me through this season, which is good. But the invitation for Jesus is not just presence-driven, but that you're actually hosting the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of you. That it's normal for you to hear straight from God, straight from Jesus, on a regular basis. I don't know what to say. The spiritual journey is just that. It's a spiritual journey. It is spiritual, meaning that God, that, that the promise found in John 10, that you are his sheep and you can hear his voice is real. And so I, I, I want to paint a little picture of what that looks like just for me in my life and things that I have been discovering and discerning um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about my, my daily rhythm. And when I mean my daily rhythm, please know, like, you know me. The closer you get to me, the less impressed you're going to be. But, but when I mean daily rhythm, I'm talking, hopefully, I'm getting four or five times a week. This is what I'm really aiming at, like what we talked about last week. God, you get my yes, and so I'm going to align my life around my yes, not my uh, my yes around my life. And so God, I have, a, I have a plan to hear from you. And you know what I found out? If I have a plan in place to hear from the Lord, I get it about 70, 75% of the time. And if I don't have a plan, I get it maybe 25% of the time. Because if I wait for life just to align so that I can give God my ear, my yes will always get taken off the table every single time every time. So I have a plan in place. And so here's what that looks like for me. At nighttime, when my kids have gone to sleep, I I make my way out to the garage because it's my room. I wake my way out to the garage and I have my journal and I have my Bible and I just sit there and I don't do anything. And I put on a worship song or two and I just let the day get away from me. And I pray. God, I can hear your voice. Thank you, you've created me as a sheep that hears the shepherd. And I just go for it. I, 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 I listen, I tune my heart into him. And most of the time, I spent the vast majority of my life 
you know, figuring it out, using the wisdom that God was giving me to walk it out. And yet there were just a small, small handfuls of times in my life where I actually discerned his voice. What would it look like if your new normal was you were able to discern the voice of God in your life every day? That's powerful. It will change things. And so what I do is I, I, I listen and I pray and I spend time reading his word. And so what, it, so what that looks like for me is I say this, it's the same thing every time. Holy Spirit, I believe I can hear from you. I believe that you're a God that speaks and I can discern your voice in my life. And then I just listen. And then I open up the scriptures and I'll start reading and I'll just pick something and have my journal with me every single time. And I'm, I'm writing down like, cause I'm saying to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you highlight anything you want me to know? Would you highlight things that are on your heart to me this morning or this evening? And I'll write key words down or I'll write something that makes sense to me or I'll, I'll, I'll write a question that I have and I'm praying and I'm discerning and I've given God over, I've given the Holy Spirit permission to speak to my mind, to my will and to my emotions and I listen and I'm reading. And then at the end, I just stop and I say, Holy Spirit, is there anything that you want me to know? Is there anything that you want me to know? And I listen. And what I found is most of the time, the first thing that Naba ups is the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's God giving me these nuggets that, um, that he wants me to know about. I've submitted my mind, my will, my emotions, and I've turned all that over. And now he begins to bubble up inside of me his voice. And so I just start journaling. Do I need to be concerned about what I'm journaling? Yeah, you bet. But I also remember this whole time, this is a not me and me thing. It's a him and me thing. And I'm turning over my mind and will and emotions and I'm discerning his voice in my life. And so I write. And most of the time, oftentimes when I talk to people, they say things like, how do I know it's God's voice? Because it sounds a lot like me. Do you say that? Um, I know you do. So do you know how kind God is? He's going to speak to you in a way that you can understand. So his voice is going to sound a lot like your voice so that you can understand his heart. What father would speak a foreign language to his children? He's going to speak to you in a way that you can discern his voice in your life. It's a you and him thing. And so it's going to sound a little bit like you. And so this is what I've done. This is my process. Go to the next, go to the next slide. I write it down. I write it down in scripture. I write down what I'm hearing. I'm discerning it. And then I take a second. Thank you, Jesus, that you have spoken. Thank you, God, I can hear your voice. And then I share it with somebody. Um, in my disciple-making group, I say, guys, what'd you hear? I want to tell you what I think I heard. And I declare, and I share that with somebody. And then I declare it. I say, okay, God, that was your voice. And so I'm going to stand confidently knowing that I can hear from you. I can stand confidently believing that I've heard from your voice because I've run it through that filter of, is it in scripture? Does it match up with his nature? And is it condemning? God, 
bless you. I don't know if you've ever had a pastor read to you their journal, but I'm going to read to you mine this morning. Uh, This was something that he said to me on Tuesday night of this last week, and I thought I would share it with you this morning. God, would you smite them? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, no. Um, These hard-hearted people. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I was, I was thinking, come on, John 10, 27, that's what I was thinking about this week. Uh, my sheep know my voice. It says this. I start every journal this way. John, I want you to know. Why do I do that? Because I spent a lot of years just going to my journal and vomiting in my pages. Blah, blah, blah. This is what's going on, all this stuff. And, it, and that's fine. It's fine. But I want to begin to discern his voice in my life. And so I say... John, I want you to know, and it teaches me to listen for his voice first and foremost. What, what was the first public thing that Jesus ever did? Baptism. And what did, and what his public ministry, what, what was said at his baptism? This is my son who I'm well loved and I'm pleased with. What's he doing? He's releasing identity before he does anything. And so I want to, I want to mirror that. I want to mirror getting to discern what God says about me before I do anything. John, I want you to know that I love you beyond your level of obedience. Don't measure how much I love you based on your faithfulness to me, but my faithfulness to you. You belong to me simply because I wanted you and I chose you. I want you to release yourself of performance because it's lifeless Lift your eyes off of what you're doing and focus what I want to do in you and through you. Release any feelings of satisfaction based off anything you could ever accomplish. This is always a me and you thing, not a you and you thing. Just remain. When the world says, go, 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 I just want you to remain connected to the life source so that I can flow in you and through you. That was like this last week. I mean, holy cow, that's powerful, powerful stuff. Am I, am I getting corrected? Yeah. God is directing me. He's, he is lovingly um, correcting me, not condemning me. Is he revealing his heart for me? You better believe it. Can I find it in scripture? Oh, yeah. Does it sound like his character and his nature? Yeah, you better believe that sounds like a a really good father. And so here's what I want us to do this morning. We're going to practice. We're going to do a little bit of homework this morning. And so on your chairs as you came in, you saw a little note card with a pencil. And the pencil may have kind of rolled back in your chair. You may be sitting on it. But grab those note cards and grab those pencils Uh, right now, because we're going to practice hearing from the voice of God. And here's what that's going to look like. We're going to take maybe just the next couple of minutes, and here's what I want you to do as you're getting yourself situated. Go to the next slide. This is Psalms 103. It's what I read to you just a little bit ago. This is Psalms 103, and here's what I want you to do as you're discerning the voice of God in your life. Take a second. Settle down. (laughs) Invite the Holy Spirit in. God, 
Holy Spirit, I believe I can hear you. I'm your sheep. You are my shepherd. I will know your voice. And take a minute. Read the scripture. What gets highlighted? What nava ups inside of you? What bubbles up? Take a minute. Then I want you to practice writing your first name and say, John, I want you to know. And then just let your mind, let yourself settle and listen for that Naba thing bubbling up inside of you. And then just write. Just take a couple of minutes just to write whatever you feel gets bubbling up inside of you. And so let's take a second and do that together right now.
So I'll read you uh, uh, what I got. Um, it's fun because I'll get to do this twice this morning, <laughs> both services. And he's so kind because he, what did we read in John 16? I've got so much to tell you, you can't even handle it. I'm not worried at all because I'll hear something completely different next service. He's that kind. Listen to what I heard. John, I want you to know I'm so kind and gentle and full of everything you long for and need. I have more love for you than you can handle. My love even covers all of the stuff you don't like about yourself. I'm not angry. I'm always in a good mood when I'm with you. So no hiding, no pretending, all of you for all of me. And how beautiful is that? That you are created and designed to hear his voice that God wants to speak to you. And I believe, honestly, for many of us, that's a new revelation. (laughs) That's a new understanding because you maybe you have been like me for a lot of years. We settled for presence-driven rather than hosting the presence inside of us. And God has something so much more in store for you. Now, I want to speak to my friends, maybe that had a hard time hearing this morning, because no doubt that is, let's be honest, that's a chunk of us too, that maybe you had a hard time discerning God's voice, that you maybe didn't get anything. And that could be for a lot of different reasons, a lot of reasons. Oftentimes, hurt and pain make the voice of God really foggy in our life. Pain and hurt cover up oftentimes the voice of God in our lives. It's what I've I've experienced and no doubt you have too. That can be a real thing, a barrier from us hearing from God. Oftentimes, um, lies. Lies make it difficult for us to hear hear God's voice. It's like our attention is turned this way over here and God is like calling us this way. And those lies have shifted us away from God and it's hard to discern his voice. He's still talking and you can hear this faint whisper, but oftentimes lies can make it difficult to hear from God's voice. And lastly, there's a lot of us that maybe have a hard time hearing from God because we're holding on to something that is less than God's best for us. The Bible calls that sin, where we have given ourselves over to something That is maybe an addiction, a secret, a habit, whatever that is. And it can feel like it drowns out the voice of God in your life. Just pause. If that is you this morning, that, can we be honest? That's all of us at one time or another. We all have these seasons where that that is true for us. That's why I believe there's a gift of the body where you are created to be in community where people can help walk you through your hurt can help walk you through the lies that can help walk you through addiction or pain or whatever you're holding on to that's less than god's best honestly that's why we have prayer teams up here every sunday i'm actually really shocked because i'm like man there's going to be a line out the door this morning (laughs) like everybody's coming forward because everybody needs to be able to hear from jesus on a regular basis right that's the gift of the body It's the gift of community to not do this in isolation or alone.
And then lastly, I want to tell you that um, starting next month, we're going to be offering some real, uh, we're going to, we call it prayer first aid. And really that is simply about like learning to tune our attention to the voice of God in our lives so that you can begin to discern what he's saying to you. And so you'll hear about that in the next couple of weeks. And if that you have a hard time hearing for God, you're going to get to maybe do some work about about really prayer first aid and what, what that could actually mean in your life for it to be normal for you to hear from God. And so we're going to offer that next semester so that you can hear and that you can help other people hear around you. Really, really important things. And so in closing, this week, this is what I would love for you to challenge you to do. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. And then arrange your life around it. Have a couple dates with Jesus this week where you are purposely going to set aside some time to hear from him and do what we just did. It's not magic. It's not a formula, but you're just going to say you can hear from him. You're going to spend some time and then you're just going to write. You're going to practice the muscle of hearing from God. Here's the thing. Three times. Just go for it. Be awesome. Do three times this week. Really go for it. And if you don't know the scriptures, you don't even know where to start, go to Romans. Go to Romans chapter 8. Do verses 1 through 12. It's the whole gospel in 12 verses. Go for it. Do Romans 1 through 4, 5 through 8, 9 through 12. That's your three times for the week. See what God will say to you this week. What if your new normal was you are able to discern the naba, the bubbling up of God's voice in your life?